0: guys there's five minutes till service so please come in grab seats grab a friend make sure you have your notebook open or your notes and just get ready to dive into the word and worship with us tonight If you haven't already found a seat, I suggest you grab a seat right now and then just get ready to dive in with us「
1: 君は
2: Bro, Brooklyn, it's her first day back. She just got back from Hawaii and she looks tanner. That's why. And hey, we're your service host today. My name's Liv.
3: I'm Brooklyn. And we're so
2: stoked to be here with you guys. So, we're changing up the service a little bit. We're going to hop right into announcements and Brooklyn's going to start us off. So,
3: who has social media here? Don't forget that we are on social media TikTok, Instagram at BridgeYTH underscore. Give us a good little follow. And also, because I see people on their phones, turn off your airdrop, please. Turn it I off, bro. This you're enough. not funny. Please turn off your airdrop. We know when you're airdropping, guys. God we can sees that, see. bro. So turn Hit it notes. off, please. I just Stop turned airdroping. off mine. Turn it off,
2: please. And hey, if you're only pulling up on Wednesdays, bro, that's only half of the party. We got connect groups on Sunday mornings at 11.30. So if you don't come to connect groups, pull up on Sundays. Hangs are at 11 and it's a great time. So don't miss it.
3: Who loves our Bible clubs? Because yeah. I know I do. So guys, if you want us to be on your campus, just DM us um, at bridgeYTH underscore and let's have a chat about getting us on your campus.
2: Who here has been baptized? Raise your hand. Raise your hand. Okay, okay. So for everybody who is not raising their hand and you want to be baptized, we have water baptisms coming up on Sunday, May 28th. So sign up on the website. And for everybody who raised their hand or maybe you didn't and you aren't being baptized next Sunday, pull up, bro. Support the Bridge Youth Pam.
3: For real. Hey, guys, who had a great time at youth convention? Let's go.
4: Dude, that, that was
3: actually wild. I loved it. It was so awesome. I saw God working in so many of your guys' hearts, God, guys. Um, so next we have, remember what Reggie Dab said is that that was only part one. We still got part two no! summer camp. Come on. The dates are July 17th to July 20th. Registration does open up soon, so make sure you guys keep a lookout for that.
2: Bro, we'll literally be there on my birthday. So, like, pull up, and then we can spend my birthday together. And, hey, we had a really cool challenge from our head pastor, Pastor Gary. And he challenged our whole church to raise, I think it was, like, 10000 hundred thousand bro that's a lot of money for our <laughs> missions and pastor Corey and pastor amber wanted bridge youth to be a part of that because we are a part of the bridge church we are not just our own thing so we challenged you guys to reach a thousand dollars and we got an update bro and this um, is crazy. A, it is actually wild. Do you want to read, it? It? read it? Give us a little drum when, when
3: I read this earlier, I was like, "Oh my goodness!" Wow. Our total is one thousand. It's actually gone up. It's one thousand one hundred eighty-seven dollars and eighty-seven cents.
2: Woo! Bro, that is crazy.
3: Yo, that is shoes, so nice. I am so proud of you
2: guys. That's amazing. That is so, so rad. So, hey, we are going into family time. So, everybody stand up, stand up. Get to your get feet. Get to your feet. Meet someone new and hit him with this question
3: Sharks or dolphins? Sharks or dolphins? Sharks or dolphins? Choose,
2: Dude, don't come at Corey Hill. My shark's tattoo tell you you're says
3: something different.
2: the only correct answer, FYI. All right, guys, we gotta know.
3: Sharks or dolphins? Sharks or dolphins, sharks or dolphins? If you said sharks, raise your hand. I heard sharks. I heard sharks. A lot Bro. more. Bro, Pastor A lot Corey's more.
2: people. If you said dolphins, raise your hand.
1: Boo! Oh, boo.
3: <laughs> All okay, right, we're guys. hopping
2: into worship, and Brooklyn's got some things.
3: Okay, guys, if you want to make your way up to the front, and remember, for the first song, it is horizontal worship, jumping up and down. Up and remember, down. Well, vertical. Vertical. <laughs> horizontal. Just kidding. Vertical. Up and down to Jesus. We are vertical. We are vertical jumping, praising God. We are not horizontal. We are not pushing. We are not shoving. Boys, in the front, thank you. We are vertical, up and down, okay? For our second song, we're pressing in, guys. We're pressing in and we're focusing in on what the song says and we're focusing in on our Praising God. Do you guys hear me? Yes, ma'am. Yeah, yeah, we hear me. All right. So, we're going to do vertical worship for the first song. Second song, we're pressing in, we're really praising, and we're really focusing in on the song. Thanks, guys. I love you, Bridge Youth. You're amazing. We love you. Let's <laughs> worship.
1: You're so good. We praise you tonight, God. Thank you for your presence in this place tonight, God. We worship you for who you are, who you are to us. Come on, voice, sing this out.
0: in the darkness. He's all of those things, every single one and even more. And this is the thing, he's all of those things without us. That's our God's character. But even more, he is all of those things for us. He is the creator of the universe. Every single one of you, he knows every detail about you, every hair on your head, everything. Everything about the earth, every creation, that is our God. And he said, I want an intimate relationship with you. I want one with you. I want one with you. He said, I want an intimate relationship with every single one of you. Bridge Youth, we are in the presence of a king tonight. We are in the presence of the mighty, the almighty king of kings, the high of highs, the prince of peace. That is who is in our presence tonight. And it's an amazing thing. And we're gonna be moving into a message in just a couple minutes, but Bridge Youth, can I ask every single one of you, can we act like we're in the presence of the King tonight? Because our God, he will continue working, but we don't wanna distract the people that are in this place that came to hear from that God. Because there's people that walked in here with something heavy. There's people that walked in here with something hard. There's people that came in here asking for truth, seeking for truth, and wanting more. So can we open up our hearts and serve that king tonight? We believe in every single one of you guys. And you are not just the generation of tomorrow. You're not just the generation of the future, but you are the generation of right here and right now. And I want to invite one of our students' band to come up and pray for us. So if you guys can just prepare your hearts, bow your heads, close your eyes.
5: All right, let's pray. Dear Father, Lord, tonight is an important night. And Lord, I pray that we can have an encounter with you, Lord, that is like no other. Lord, not one that a pastor can bring, Lord, not one that we can bring, not one that leaders can bring. I pray it could be one that is only from the Holy Spirit, Father. And I pray that we can be wrecked in your love, and that we can grow closer to you from tonight. I pray that we will give it all of ourselves unto you, Father. Speak through Corey. I pray that your will be done and not his. Lord, we thank you for the anointing that you have put on his life. And Lord, work through him. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.
0: Amen, amen. All right, guys, everybody go ahead and back to your seats. And once you're heading back, say to two people,
5: Hey, how are you feeling tonight? You guys good? Hey, look at your neighbor and say, you look good. Hey, if you got a Bible, open to Matthew chapter 6. Matthew and chapter 6. Hey, I just want to say welcome. Thanks so much for choosing to spend your Wednesday night with us, whether you're in the room or maybe you're watching online, we just want to say thanks for choosing to spend some of your time with us. Hey, maybe it's your very first time here. Maybe you've never been to our church before. Maybe you've never been to church at all. You are the coolest person in the room. Thanks so much for coming and hanging out. One of our favorite things in the whole world is meeting new people. So thanks for coming and hanging out. We like welcoming our guests every single week by saying something that never gets old to us. We like saying we're here to build you up, not... Yeah, we love you. We back you. You don't have to believe to belong here. We're just so stoked that you came to hang out. Hey, um before we jump into the message, um we are doing an event at the end of this month called All In. Everybody say All In. All we are bringing our friend Mark Foster. We call him Foz all the way from Audacious Church in Manchester. He's coming out. He's going to be speaking that night. We're doing this like sort of um like not like a carnival there won't be any clowns i promise anybody anybody else terrified of clowns um there won't be any clowns but like not like a carnival but like a like kind of like a fair you know like anybody anybody go to the fair where like you get like like corn dogs and cotton candy and popcorn, and you play the cool games, and there's raffles. We're going to do all that stuff that night, though. We're going to have some raffles, some games. We're going to give away a bunch of stuff. It's going to be an awesome night. I promise you don't want to miss it. Tonight I'm going to uh, kind of talk about the event a little bit throughout the message, but here's our idea about this. This month is like the final stretch of school. Who's pumped for school to be over, done, out, out, Man, like, what are y'all learning there anyways? Quantum physics? I promise you, you, ain't, I promise you you're you, not going to use algebra. I'm telling you, you're not going to use it, bro. Unless you're, like, an astrophysicist, like, you're not going to use algebra. <laughs> but but um, for many of you, where's class of 2023 at? Those graduates, man. Hey, proud of you guys. Kill it. End strong. Finish strong. But here's the reality. This month, it's the last month that you're gonna be at school. So let's go all in and all out to reach our campuses. Let's let's like let's go all in on this May 31st night. Here's what we're doing: we're creating an event that makes it easy for you to invite your friends. Who do you know that needs a family like this? Who do you know that needs the hope that we have? Who do you know that doesn't know Jesus? I wanna I wanna challenge you. I wanna dare you. Go all in, invite them that night. It's gonna be an amazing time. Somebody said, all in. It's going to be May 31st. It's going to be absolutely awesome. Hey, so we're continuing in our series entitled Kingdom Over Everything. Hey, who enjoyed our school and ministry students launching the series last week? They killed it. Awesome. So proud. I felt like a, felt like a proud big brother, man. Wyatt, we're not failing them totally, you know. Like they're, they're doing all right. Um, it was awesome. But hey, uh, how many know, somebody for me just real quick, shout out. What is, and this is pretty much inarguable, what's the best fast food spot? There it was. In and out. In and out. Like, in and out's for sure the best fast food spot. Very close second would be Chick-fil-A. If you think, who thinks that Cane's is better than Chick-fil-A? There's the door. Door's right there. I'm just kidding. Don't go the <laughs> Um) There's one thing about In-N-Out though. What's the one thing about In-N-Out that's like the negative? It's the line, bro. Anybody else ever pull up to In-N-Out and the line? You see it. You're like, I'm gonna be here till I'm 20. <laughs> you know. You're like, I'm I'll, I'm gonna have to cancel everything for the next week to get this burger. Um. So so. A few like a few months back, I had this preaching engagement um, up towards Big Bear, and, and I was up there. M- me and Amber were heading back down the mountain, kind of late. And you know how it is; like it's late, you got a couple options. You know, there's only a few. Like you could go to Denny's or IHOP if you want to like spend a lot of money. Um, you could go to you could go to Del Taco is usually open pretty late. But the, like, clutch one is In-N-Out. In-N-Out always open late. So it was one of those, we're passing it in and out like, clutch. Let's grab some dinner. We pull up. The line is so long. We're, like, out in San Bernardino. Um, we stop to get In-N-Out. And, and as we're in line, it's, like, taking forever. We weren't in any rush, but, but it's taking a long time. And then there was this, this um, guy probably 20, 30 feet ahead of the In-N-Out workers. You know, they had him outside with the iPads taking the order. And there was this guy that was um, obviously homeless, and he came up to our window. Um, he kind of like, like waved at us and I rolled the window down. And almost like, almost heartbreakingly, the first thing that he said to me, the very first thing he said was, that's not what he said. <laughs> the first thing he said was, hey man, I'm so sorry for bothering you. And my heart just broke. And the only thing I really knew to say was, hey did you not bothering me. I was like, what's up? And he's like, Hey, is there any way that I could wash your windows for a couple bucks? And he had like some towels and and a spray bottle. And I was like, you know what, man? Like, I, I think my windows are good and I don't have any cash on me, but I would love to buy you dinner. And he's like, are you serious? I was like, yeah, dude. Like, what, what's your in and out order? And he's like, just, just get me like a cheeseburger. I was like, no, dude, what do you want? Get whatever you want, bro. I got you. And he's like, okay, cool. Like, here's my order. I was like, awesome. Hey, man, my name's Corey. This is my wife, Amber. I was like, what's your name? And he goes, my name's Jeremy. I was like, dude, it's so good to meet you, man. The heartbreaking part, um, the, the maybe even bigger heartbreaking part, was we pull up uh, a few spots. The In-N-Out employee uh, is now there ready to take our order. And she goes... Oh, hey, did the window guy, did the window guy annoy you as well? And I said, he's not the window guy. His name's actually Jeremy. And no, he didn't annoy me at all. It was just such this moment where like, I don't know, I just kind of felt like, I could be overly concerned with my food. It was late. It was a long day. I was preaching all day. We were getting back late. I just wanted to grab a bite of food. Now this guy's like, hey, you know, can you help a brother out? And then after that, like, this lady's like now talking trash on the dude that's just hungry and wants dinner. And I could have sided with her. Like, yeah, he's actually just being a bit of an inconvenience and, you know, this, that, the other. But instead of any of that, Amber and I just saw an opportunity to put God first. What do you do when you see an opportunity to put God first? My challenge for you tonight is that you would see that as a kingdom over everything opportunity. If you're taking notes, here's your sermon in a sentence. I want you to write this down. Jesus will not, somebody say not. Jesus will not settle for being an add-on to your life. This is what tonight's message is all about. The fact that Jesus will not settle for being an add-on to your life. Life, I didn't write this down, I'm just thinking about it in the moment. Some of y'all treat Jesus like he's your side chick. <laughs> you're walking around pretending like he doesn't, he doesn't exist, you don't really know him, and everybody's out like, Hey, what does that WWJD bracelet on your wrist say? It's like, Oh, well, you know, what does that mean? Um, I don't know, like, and then and then Wednesday comes around, and you're like, Yes, Jesus, Jesus, you make the darkness tremble, and then Thursday morning, you're like, Jesus, who? And God's just sort of an add-on to your life. And can I tell you, Jesus will not settle for that. Matthew chapter 6, we're going to read uh, verse 31 to 33 tonight. Would you stand in the honor of the reading of God's word? I think that man, we stand for the Pledge of Allegiance, the National Anthem. We should stand for God's word as well. Uh, Tonight, this is like uh, verse number 33. It's our key verse. It's where this entire idea and concept of kingdom over everything, it's where it comes from. And so tonight, I'm going to do what's uh, what's called expository preaching. It's basically breaking down this verse. So we're going to kick off in verse number 31. Here's what it says. It says, don't worry about a thing. Because every little thing. It's going to be, you didn't, know, you, don't, you didn't know Marley got that from, uh, from the Bible, did you? So don't worry about these things, what things, you'd have to go back and read the rest of the chapter for a bit of context there, but it's basically talking about food, clothing, the needs of life, the basic needs of life. It says, don't worry about these things, saying, what will we eat, what will we drink, what will we wear? These things dominate the thoughts of who? Unbelievers. Not believers, These things, they dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. But your heavenly father already knows your needs. Verse 33, here it is. Here is the main verse where we get this entire concept for this whole series. Something that I'm going to get tattooed on my stomach in old English like how Tupac had thug life. I'm going to get kingdom over everything. (laughs) Seek first the kingdom of God above all else. A.K.A. kingdom over everything. And, somebody say, and... Somebody over here hit like such a high note right there. Somebody say, and live righteously. And he will give you what? He'll give you everything you need. Somebody say amen. Hey, before you sit down, let's pray. God, would you speak to us tonight? God, get me out of your way. Would you come speak? God, I pray. I pray that you would challenge us tonight. I pray you would convict us tonight. I pray you would get us closer to you. I pray you would get each and every one of us in the place where we stop trying to act as if you would be an add-on to our life. And we would instead learn to live kingdom over everything. God, I also pray tonight that the Lakers would send the Warriors home and shut them out. In Jesus' name and all of God's people said, Amen. 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 If you are not a Lakers fan, see me after service. I will give you a list of all the great churches in the valley that you can go to. <laughs> hey, um, everybody, look over at your neighbor. Look at your neighbor. Choose one of them. One neighbor sitting next to you around you. Tell them, don't settle. You, um, anybody, ever, anybody ever do this? You're like really hungry and you could wait for your mom's like cooking. But instead you go and eat like some stupid like snack and then like you kill your appetite. And you're like, ah, it wasn't worth it. I settled, you know. Yeah, yeah You know, high school girls, you know, you know all about settling. That boy that you dated in middle school. <laughs> you're like why did I do that? That was the dumbest thing I've ever done. Yeah, don't settle. Somebody say don't settle. Um, so before I became a youth pastor, I, I was a youth leader at my church in Riverside. And I was a connect group leader. We love connect groups. We, we believe in connect groups. We have the best connect group leaders in the world. They're so awesome. I was a connect group leader. And there was this kid named Tim, Timothy, who was in my connect group. Uh, I, I got to paint the picture. Timothy was your poster child for uh, like awkward church kid. He like grew up on VeggieTales and Father Abraham. He was homeschooled and had very little social skills. Um, Timothy was also, what's the word? thirsty. So awkward and thirsty, bad combo. (laughs) Well, we kind of grow up and and, and Tim's turned into actually like a great man of God, but he's getting into his early 20s. A lot of his friends are in serious relationships. A ton of his friends are already married. And he is like the like heartthrob dude who just loves love. You know, he's so like, he's the corniest dude you've ever met. He's so cheesy. He just loves love, but he's still, he's still single. And he hasn't yet found a girl. And, and to this point, like, I'm still kind of a mentor in his life. And he's, make, he's making his way through college. And so he's kind of trying to get any job that he could get. He ends up getting a job at a restaurant called uh, Tilted Kilt. Um, yeah, so if you don't know what Tilted Kilt is, it's like the Irish Hooters, okay? Um, don't go there, a.k.a. But but he gets a job there and... and Not but a couple weeks into working there, he gives me a call. He goes, hey, Corey, my mentor, my guy, the dude I look up to, I want to ask some advice. I say, okay, what's up? He goes, look, there's this girl. I'm like, oh, like, okay, give me the details. What's up? And he's like, she works um, at my job. I was like, wait, where are you working again? He's like, tilted kilt. I was like, what was that? He's like, tilted kilt. And I'm like, okay, what does she do at tilted kilt? He's like, she's a bartender. He's like, What? She's a bartender. I said, "Oh, she's a bartender at Tilted Kill." This is starting off great. <laughs> He's like, "Well, here's the thing, like, dude, she's so hot," and I was like, "So's hell. Um, <laughs> you don't want to go there." He's like, "But she's super cool. She's awesome. oh blah." Like, I'm thinking about asking her out on a date. I'm thinking about um, dating this girl. And I was like, "Look, Tim, you're, bro, you're 20, 21 years old now. Like." you don't need me to give you, I'm not your, I'm not your dad. (laughs) Like, you don't need me to give you the green light. I mean, you can do whatever it is that you want, man. It's like, but you know what I would say. You know my first question, like, is she a Christian? Because you're a Christian, and if you're a Christian, you should date a Christian. So is she a Christian? And he goes, well, and I was like, okay, then you know my response. Well, and so I ended the conversation with Tim like this. I said, Tim, You'll never come in last by putting God first. I said, I know, dude. Like, I know it's getting tough waiting it out like this. I know it's getting tough seeing all your friends in relationships, seeing some of your friends getting married. I know it's getting tough. But, dude, I promise you, if you just put God first in this area of your life, he will not let you down. Fast forward. A couple weeks later, he calls me. Hey, man, I took your advice. I decided to not ask this girl out. And, you know, very quickly, it's becoming apparent that that was the right choice. I was like, dude, I'm proud of you. I promise God will not let you down. He's going to go above and beyond all you could ever ask, imagine, or dream of, even with the girl you'll one day marry. So then I hang up the phone and I start praying to God, God, please don't make me look stupid. This thirsty, awkward church kid with very little social skills. You got to work a miracle, Lord. Fast forward, uh, Tim, uh, he was a Big Disney fan, huge Disney fan. He loved Disney. He was an annual pass holder. Amber and I were annual pass holders forever. We love Disneyland. He's at Disneyland. If you know the layout of Disneyland, he's over towards Pirates of the Caribbean. And if you're a really big Disney fan, you know right around the corner from Pirates of the Caribbean, there's a spot where you can get the most delicious bread bowls. They are phenomenal. So Tim is kind of over by the water near Tom Sawyer's Island when he kind of looks over his shoulder. And he sees this girl standing in line for a bread bowl. Tim immediately thinks to himself, this is the most beautiful girl I've ever seen in my life. Now while Tim was a thirsty and awkward church kid, Tim was not shy. Those three things are a tough combo. So Tim proceeds, little Timothy proceeds to walk across Adventureland, walk straight up to this girl standing in line and say, "Hello, my name's Timothy. You are the most beautiful girl I've ever seen in my entire life, and I would love to take you out. Would that be okay? And she says, Yeah, that'll be all right. They exchange phone numbers. Fast forward, your boy was the best man in his wedding, and this girl that he married was at Disneyland because she was literally a Disney. Princess. She was Cinderella and worked at Disneyland. This boy went from tilted kilt bartender to Disney princess. Him, his wife, and their now two kids live in Florida because she went on to get the role of Cinderella at Disney World. That was the biggest I told you so I've ever given anybody in my whole life. There's some boys in the crowd right now going, me too, Lord, me too, me next. <laughs> you're going to go get an annual pass to Disneyland right away. It's like, but you can't afford it, so you get Knott's Berry Farm. What do you end up with then, you know what I mean? Here's my point. You will never come in last by putting God first. Look at your neighbor say, put God first. Put God first. If you're taking notes, write this down. Here's your first, your very first point. Remember, this is expository preaching. Three points straight from Matthew 6.33. Number one, seek first, seek first. I want to ask you a challenging question. It's rhetorical, but let it ring in your own heart and mind. Is there anything or anyone in your life that comes before God? Because God wants to be first. I like it. God wants to be first. See, this is why um, many of us will look at Monday as the first day of the week. But really, even if you look at a calendar, Sunday's the first day of the week. And that's the way in which we should look at it because God should get our first, not our last. So we give God the first day of our week, and we set aside the first portion of the first day of our week to get into God's house and worship God. This is why we give our what's called tithe. It's the first 10% of our income. We give that to God because God, we believe, deserves our first when it comes to our time, our talent, our treasure, all of it. God wants to be first. See, Matthew 6.33, it says, seek first the kingdom of God. Somebody say, seek first." Seek first. It doesn't say seek also. I think there's a lot of seek also Christians. The way in which they live for God is God is simply a part of their life. But if you remember, Jesus will not settle for being a part of your life. You've got to seek God first, primarily He's got to be the top priority, first and foremost, in your life. I love this. Jeremiah 29, 11, it's a really, really famous verse, which says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, their plans to prosper you and not harm you, to give you a hope and a future. Typically, we stop right there. Look at verse number 12. It says, Then you will call on me and, uh, and come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. Check this verse out, 13. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. He said, seek first, seek with all your heart, not seek also and seek with part of your heart. See, we gotta stop looking at God as if he's number one on a checklist. We gotta start looking at God as if he's the center of everything we do in all of our life. You've probably heard it said at some point in time, by a pastor somewhere, man, God needs to be number one on your list of priorities. No, I don't think God needs to be uh, at the top and number one on a list, because that that would look something like this. I think we have a graphic for this. Look at this list graphic. This is how so many Christians live. They're like, okay, you know, here's my list of priorities. God, family, family friends. And then after that, it's like, maybe it's school or your career or the the college you'll go to. Maybe it's sports or hobbies or passions. And then if you live like this, where God is number one on a checklist, well, then you'll wake up early in the morning, you'll read the verse of the day, you'll say a quick prayer, check, and then you'll go about the rest of your day and forget all about God until you are eating. It's like, rub-a-dub-dub, thanks for the grub. And that's it. This is not the way in which God has called us to live. This is not the type of living that Matthew six thirty three lays out. It's much more like this, where God is at the center of all that we do. See, this is a complete shift in mentality for some of you guys. Some of you guys, you, and leave that up for a second for me, David. Uh, some of you guys, you've been living like God's number one on a checklist, and you check off God as if he's some, some to-do, and then you move on with the rest of your life. But that's not what living kingdom over everything looks like. Kingdom over everything is God wants to be a part of every single thing that you do. And it's not like, okay, then I got to lay, lay down everything else I do. Do nothing else except for like read my Bible, pray, and go to church. No. That's not what we're saying. God should be at the center of everything you do. When you go home tonight, especially for those of you who are going home to families that are not Christians. That was me. That was Amber. When you go home tonight, you should be like, God, be with me as I go to my family. I want to be a light to my family. When you're hanging out with your friends, it should be, God, shine through me. God, use me. God, help me advance your kingdom in the midst of my friends. Your career choice shouldn't be based on how can I make the most money and have the most fun. No, it should be, God, what are you calling me to do? And God's all about money and all about fun, okay? Don't get that twisted, okay? But also, like, relationships shouldn't have, like, your relationship shouldn't just be like, well, (laughs) Like Tim, tilted kill bartender, but hey, she's super hot. Like, no, it should be God. Any relationship that I would ever step into should be something like a triangle. As we get closer to each other, we get closer to you. Oh, when I go play sports, when I play basketball or football or softball or baseball or water polo or cheer or dance or whatever the heck you do. God should be in, like, all of that should be for the glory of God. And dare I say, going to school. When you go to school, you shouldn't look at this as like, well, I'm just trying to get good grades. It should be, no, I'm on assignment and mission for God to live kingdom over everything on my campus. Amen? Amen. It's a total shift in mentality, but this is how we should live. Why? Because you got to remember, Jesus will not settle for being a part of your life. Get this. Jesus will not settle for like 50%. You can't be one foot in, one foot out. I'm going to take it a step further. Jesus will not settle for 99.99999% of your life. Jesus legitimately is all or nothing. That is how Jesus demands us to follow him. You know, there's no such thing as a casual Christian. There's no such thing. You know, the only example of a Christian that we get in the New Testament is an absolute 100% sold out disciple for Christ who's willing to lay down everything, including their life for him. That's the only example of a Christian in all. So those of you who've been living a bit like, yeah, dude, like I totally believe in God. Yeah, I believe in him. Yeah, I go to church every once in a while, totally. I'm a Christian and I'm getting to heaven. If you are, like barely. (laughs) You know, like you like get in. (laughs) But like there's going to be a ton of people like, Surprise, I love what our pastor says. He says, there going to be three surprises when we get to heaven. Number one, you're going to be surprised at some of the people who are there. Number two, you're going to be surprised at some of the people who aren't there. And number three, there's going to be a bunch of people surprised that you're there. <laughs> I tell you, like, there's no such thing as a casual Christian. Jesus isn't going to settle for being a part of your life. It's kingdom over everything or not at all. That is how we are to live. So let me ask you again, is there anything in your life that comes before God? Is there anyone in your life that comes before God? Any relationship, any friendship? Does your own family come before God? What happens when God calls you to move to the other side of the world and become a missionary in some rural place in Africa and to leave your family? Well, if it's family over God, then you won't do what God's called you to do. For some of you, it's the revenge you have in your heart over God, because they did you wrong, and you got to get your revenge. you got to set the record straight. You've got to get back at them. You're the, I don't get mad, I get even. All right, calm down, girl. It was the seventh grade, and she didn't even know that he was your boyfriend. Chill out. <laughs> for some of you, it's, it's your sports and your passions and your hobby come before God. I know for some of you, you're, you're probably thinking, okay, Corey, like, how do I know if I'm putting things before God? That's a great question. Here's some really good questions for you to ask yourself. You might want to write some of these down. Here's a really good one. What's the first thing you think about when you wake up? Whatever that thing is, maybe that thing's coming before God. How about this? What's what's the thing you focus on the most as you're going to sleep at the end of your day? I love this verse in Psalm 10, verse four. It says, in his pride, the wicked man does not seek him. Wicked people don't seek God. But check this out. In all his thoughts, there's no room for God. How much do you think about God? What takes up the capacity in your mind and your thoughts? That thing might be coming before God. Here's a good question to ask. What takes up most of your time, money, and energy? What do you give the majority of your focus to? Who or what do you turn to initially when things go wrong? A.k.a. is God your first response or is he your last resort? Finish this sentence in your own heart. I can't live without whatever you just thought about, if it wasn't. Because I would say right away, if you were to ask me, Corey, finish this sentence. I can't live without Jesus. I can't live without Jesus. I can't live without God. I couldn't make it a single, I can't I couldn't make it five minutes without God. And that's the first thing that comes to mind when I think about that. What's the first thing that comes to mind when you think of the sentence, I can't live without, if it's anything but God, if it's anything but Jesus, that thing might be becoming the thing that you worship and you live for. But you need to seek first the kingdom of God. Somebody say, seek first. first. Number two, what do we seek? We seek the kingdom. Someone say, kingdom. I love America. I love... I love America. I, uh, we sometimes, uh, so I'm one of the directors of our school of ministry, our interns, those who preached last week. Hey, if you're ever interested in, in doing ministry and you're interested in our internship, come talk to myself. Come talk to our director of community development, Wyatt Staggers. He helps me direct the internship. Come talk to us. We love it. I was doing an inter, uh, one, of our, one of our school of ministry classes on how to deal with difficult situations. and um. And, and we kind of were like, we felt a little stuffed up inside. It was a beautiful day. I said, let's go outside. Let's go do our ministry class out front. So we're kind of sitting in the sun. And I'm looking over at our flag, and I'm like, bro, the red, white, and blue is goaded amongst flags, dude. Like, the, the, the American flag is so sick. And I don't, get down, I don't get down with this trendy, like, let's hate on America thing. Cool. Like, just go live somewhere else. Like, I've been, I've been other places. Everywhere, Everybody everywhere in the whole world is basically trying to come live in America. I don't get down with this. I love America. I believe that history began in 1776. <laughs> um, but here's the thing. There are some believers that are Americans before they're Christians. There's some, there's some Christians who love their politics more than, they, more than they love their faith. Now, here's the thing. My eternal residence and my true citizenship is in the kingdom of God. I'm not going to spend eternity in America. I'm going to spend eternity in the kingdom of God. So I think that I need to seek first the kingdom of God. Now, here's the thing. We seek first what? The kingdom of God. See, we're not charged to just seek a sort of private personal relationship with Jesus that's so, how so many Christians live. Oh, I have my, you know, I've got my relationship with Jesus. And, you know, I don't go around like trying to shove it down anybody's throat. Nobody's talking about shoving anything down anybody's throat. Like we're not, we're not those type of people. But I'm living kingdom. And I wrote this down and I was going to save it for a week after next when I preach. Why it's going to be preaching next week. You don't want to miss that. But I was thinking to myself, this has, this isn't even in my notes. But it's just on, on my heart because it's talking about these Christians who are like, I'm just a Christian just to myself, you know. I don't really go out and like, you know and try to shove my faith down anybody's throat like okay cool i want i want heaven to know my name i do i want heaven to know my name and i believe heaven does know my name because god has this book called the lamb's book of life and if you've accepted jesus christ as your lord and savior your name's actually written in that book so your name is actually in a book in heaven that's so cool right i want heaven to know my name but i want hell to know my name too I want I want to I like I want to be serving the kingdom of God so heavy that it's like a legitimate like here's like I've I've got the borders of the kingdom of God and I'm pushing them and infiltrating the borders of the kingdom of hell. I want heaven to know my name, but I want hell to know my name. I want hell to be Corey? You know about Corey? With the pink shoelaces? Yeah, that Corey. And the demons are like, "Bro, don't mess with that fool." <laughs> He's crazy. <laughs> he's wild. He, he, he don't care what nobody thinks. He doesn't, he doesn't care what it's going to cost him. He's going to live kingdom over everything. I'll, he's not called us to have a private relationship with Jesus where it's just behind closed doors, Lord, I love you. No, he's called us to go advance his kingdom. He's called what? So what is the kingdom though? We we're we're talking about the like. We can sit here and be like, yeah, kingdom, kingdom over everything. What's the kingdom of God though? The kingdom of God is defined like this: it is the reign and rule of God in heaven and on earth. I'm gonna say it again: it's the reign and rule of God in heaven and on earth. So the kingdom of God is heaven. It's in heaven, and therefore it's also in our future if you're a Christian and you're on your way to heaven. If you're not, you're going to get the opportunity to become a Christian in just a little bit and make your way on your way to heaven instead of that other place. But the kingdom of God can also be brought here and now. Somebody say here and now. It can be, I love how Jesus said it when he's teaching his disciples to pray. Matthew 6, 10, just a, little, a couple verses before our main verse. He says, pray like this, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. See, uh, bringing, it's, it's like kingdom over everything is, is bringing, seeking the kingdom first. It's bringing God, Jesus, his spirit, his will, his gospel. It's bringing his love, his work to our here and now through our daily lives. That's what it looks like to seek the kingdom of God. I love what A.W. Tozer said. He said this, there will be no manifestation of God to his people apart from earnest seeking. God's, you know what manifestation is? Manifestation is God's showing up. God's not going to show up without earnest seeking, a.k.a. God can't work through somebody who ain't seeking him. Are you seeking God? So let me ask you this question. What is your life all about? What is your life building? What is your life promoting? Are you building the kingdom? Are you building you? Are you building you? Is it all about your name, your goals, your aspirations, your dreams? What are you building in your life? Because for me, I care about building one thing, the kingdom of God. Because it's all about building his kingdom or not. Because Jesus will not be an add-on. Kingdom over everything means our entire lives being dedicated to the advancement of God's kingdom. Amen. All right, our last point, as I begin to close down, the band starts heading up. Write this down, God's righteousness, God's righteousness. Seek first the kingdom and God's righteousness. See, when you think of the word righteousness, when you think of righteousness, what do you think of? Well, for so many people, they'll think of like, oh, righteousness, that's like, like, that's, that's like perfection, like perfection. That's like like being super like being if you're righteous like according to God, if you're righteous, then like you're super well behaved you know you get a's on all your report cards, you never talk back to your mom and dad, you know you you've got like at least majority Christian artists on your playlist and, and you don't cuss like right that's righteousness, right, which you know. There's nothing wrong with all those things. And, yeah, I think that, like, your behavior will modify a little bit when your life's been transformed, you know. And I I would put it like this. I would sum all of that up with this. Uh, When you're strong with God, temptation is weak. But when you're weak with God, temptation is strong. So if you're wondering, why is temptation so strong? Maybe it's because you're not seeking first the kingdom and your relationship with God is sitting on the back burner. It's the book on the, you know, it's the Harry Potter book on the shelf that's just been collecting dust for years. And you swear you're going to pick it up and read it. You better hurry up because the new series on HBO is coming out real soon. Shout out all the nerds. <laughs> but what's really cool, I, I looked up this, this, um, this word, uh Righteousness. I looked it up in the original language. If you don't know, um, the, the Bible was not written in English. It was written primarily in a couple in a couple languages. Old Testament was primarily Hebrew. The New Testament was primarily Greek, a little bit of Aramaic. And the, this word righteousness is the word dikaisene, Everybody say dikaisene. I love that you picked that up quick because I practiced it for like 10 minutes to be able to say it right. You know what this word dikaisone means in the Greek, this word righteousness? It means God's judicial approval. It's God's judicial approval. Seek first the kingdom of God and God's judicial approval. This is a game changer for some of you guys because you thought seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, meant Seek first God, his kingdom and then like be super well behaved. Like don't be on TikTok. Don't watch rated R movies. Clean up your language. Take your hat off in church. Uh, You don't have to take your hat off in church. Put your hat back on, I don't care. (laughs) But like we get it so confused. Because we are seeking God's approval. And God's approval, his righteousness, it's not based on you, it's placed on you. Jesus has already purchased righteousness for you. But here's the bigger life changer. Here's the bigger way that this needs to shift. Because there's so many people that are like, yeah, I'm seeking first the kingdom of God and also people's approval. As loud pitch as I can say it, no. Look at you, never say no. Do you know how, how much your life would change if you just stopped living for the approval of people? Kingdom over everything means in every situation, in every moment of every day, the first and foremost thought in my heart and mind is, God, do I stand approved before you? AKA, Bridge Youth, I love you. I I love you. Like, my favorite night of the week is Wednesday night. I love you. Like, my life, my calling is to pour into you as your youth pastor. Bro, I I don't really care what you think about me. I don't need your approval. Because, as long as I can go home to a smoking hot wife who still loves me and a God that approves of me, then I don't need your approval. Now, I want you to track with me for a second. Track with me. (laughs) You know, I'm the captain now. Imagine for a second you're the youth pastor now, you have to preach next week. You're pre Wyatt's preaching next week. <laughs> Wyatt said, hold up, you told me I was preaching. <laughs> and he's going to get up and he's going to preach and he's going to sound like the dude from Emperor's New Groove that's like squeak, squeak, squeak him. Because he's got the nicest, manliest voice and I sound like a prepubescent teenager. It's not fair. My shoelaces are pink for the love of God. <laughs> Thanks, man. What's your, um, all right, you're the youth pastor now. You got to preach next week. There's going, to be, there's going to be close to 300 students here. A couple hundred people are going to end up watching the podcast online in a week's time. We're also going to soundbite your message. We're going to throw it all over social media. A ton of people are going to have an opinion about you. Everybody's going to leave, and when they go to dinner, they're going to talk about you and what you said. They're gonna talk about your preaching. They're gonna talk about your outfit. They're gonna talk about your jokes. They're gonna talk about your content. They're gonna talk about how you said it, when you said it, your tempo, your cadence. They're gonna talk about whether or not you are funny or not funny. They're gonna talk about the fact that you cut yourself shaving on the right side of your cheek, even though you don't have anything to shave. They're gonna talk about all of that. They say, so are those gray hairs? Yeah, and it's your fault, Bridge Youth. I'm getting gray hairs because y'all are stressing me out sometimes. <laughs> They're gonna talk about you. So, um, okay, you're preaching next week. You're the youth pastor now. What's your number one motivation behind what you'll put together to preach next week? What's gonna be the thing that drives you? What's gonna be the thing that that begins to, as you sit in your office by yourself and you're pleading to the Lord, God, give me a word for them. What's gonna be the thing that motivates you? Oh, I hope they think I'm funny. Man, I, I I'm oh I'm gonna piece together the perfect outfit. It's gonna the color palette's gonna be great. Oh, and, and I hope they I hope they look and they go, oh man. Whew. He's got style. He probably spends so much time on Pinterest. Some of the guys would be thinking, oh buddy. I hope there's a there's a girl out there. Is she out there? And she'll see me, she'll be like, wow. Mm, he's so hot, I want to, what, if, what, if, what if we could be married one day? The girls would be thinking, I just hope that he notices that I got my nails done and I got my eyebrows spiked because that's in fashion now. 90s kids' hair is now in fashion on girls' eyebrows. Make that make sense. You know, week after week after week, as I'm in my office, sometimes I close the blinds and I get on my knees in front of my couch and I bury my face in my couch. I say, God, give me a word for these crazy teenagers who are living one foot in and one foot out and they don't yet know the joy of living kingdom over everything. And God, I don't care what they think about me. I don't care if they think I'm funny or I'm not. I don't even know if I'm funny, bro. I just married a girl who laughs at everything I say. So in my own head, I'm so confident about my jokes. No clue if I'm even funny. I don't know I don't know if I dress good. I just kind of like wear what I think looks cool. I'm getting gray hair, dope. My wife thinks it's cute. <laughs> I can't grow facial hair like Wyatt <laughs> and I give anything for a good beard. But whatever, man, like, God, do I stand before you approved? Because I want to seek first your approval. Bridge Youth, what would we do? How would our lives look? How would our schools look? How would our friends look? What would all in on May 31st look like if we stopped living for the approval of people? Because some of you are about to graduate next month and the kids you see at your high school every single week, you will never see 99% of them ever again. My boy Zay who went to Bama and is just back from college is shaking his head like this because he knows it's true. What would you do? How would your life look? If you just stopped caring about people's opinion that don't even matter anyways. And you said, God, I want to live approved by you and only you, and nothing else matters because Jesus will not settle for, yeah, I want your approval, but I also want other people's. I want my boyfriend's approval. I want my girlfriend's approval. I want the popular kid's approval. I want my follower's approval. What would your Instagram post look like if you stopped caring about the approval of your followers? I love some of you. You use your Instagram like it's your own personal platform to spread the gospel. You're living kingdom over everything on your Instagram and I get inspired by it. I love it. What would your families, your friends look like? What would what would your church experience look like? When you came to youth every week and you came down to the front to worship and you said, "God, this moment, the few, few moments." that we spend in worship a week versus all the countless moments we spend everywhere else doing everything else. What if for the few moments, just the few moments that we spend in worship, you were to say, God, I don't care what anybody else thinks or what anybody else is doing or what anybody else is up to. I don't care. In this moment, God, all I want, I want your approval on my life and I want you to receive my worship. God, I want you to hear my heart's cry because I love you more than anything else. What What would your moments in a message at youth group or at church look like? If it wasn't about making the people around you think that you're funny or think that you're cool or think that it's about you. Can I tell you tonight, this is not about you. What do you mean this, church? Yeah, church. What do you mean, bridge youth? Yeah, bridge youth. It's not about you. It's not about me, but I'm also talking about life. It's not about us. It is and always will be about the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, the name by which we can be saved. And there is no other name. It will always be all about Jesus and nobody else. If this is a movie, we are not the star. We are not even the supporting actor. We are extra 1732. You know, like the guy who gets incinerated by Thanos like that in New York City. We're that guy. We're the blip on the radar. So our blip on the radar should be a big neon sign pointing to God. And you'll never be that and you'll never do that if you keep living for the approval of people. What does it mean to live kingdom over everything? To seek first the kingdom of God. And his righteousness is to say God care what anybody else thinks. If I can stand before you approved because of Jesus, then I'm good. And Jesus will not settle for just being a part of your life. Would you bow your heads? Would you close your eyes as we pray? God, I pray every heart in this room would want nothing more, God. I, God, I know the joy and the freedom of living kingdom over everything, of living Matthew 6, I don't do it perfect, but God, I want nothing more than your approval. God, I pray every heart in the room would crave that tonight. God, I pray that those who've, who've just made you like a part of their life, it's like their relationship with you is something they do once a week. I pray tonight would be the night that all of that changes. That hearts would commit to God, you are first, you are foremost, you're at the center of everything, Lord. And I want nothing more than you. God, I pray, get us to that place in our hearts right here and right now. With heads bowed, with eyes closed. If that's you, you'd say, I I I want that. I want to make God the center of everything in my life. I want to live kingdom over everything. I want Jesus' forgiveness. I wanna know that the day that I die, that I'll be in heaven with Jesus. If that's you, you wanna give your life to Christ tonight. I'm gonna count to three, and when I get to three, I just want you to lift your hand, you can put it right back down. I'm not gonna prolong this moment, this is it. This is your moment, here we go. One, two, three, go. Man, so many hands, you can put them right back down. proud of you. That's the best decision you can make with your life, I promise you that. We're gonna pray, we're a family, so we pray together scripture does say, hey, if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and he rose from the dead, then you'll be saved. So that's what we're going to do. We're going to pray out loud. Don't worry, we're a family. Everyone's going to pray this. Hey, if you're watching online, pray this along with us. Everybody repeat these simple words. Say, dear Lord, I know I'm a sinner, but I know you're a savior. Jesus, I believe that you died for my sin and you rose from the dead. So tonight I give you my heart, I give you my life, I give you everything. From this day forward, I will live kingdom over everything. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, can we welcome people into God's family right now? Hey, before anybody starts moving, I wanna encourage those who just prayed that prayer, we wanna walk this journey with you. It's not the end, it's the beginning. And we have something we wanna give you called the next seven days the next seven days. It's a free gift we want to put into your hands. It's literally me in seven videos. You'll watch them one at a time. They're like two minutes, three minutes and they'll answer some questions you have. They'll help you in your faith journey over the next week. Lead you right back to church next week. I promise you they'll bless you. We feel like it's our obligation to get these to you. So just DM us the words next seven on our Instagram at bridge, YTH underscore. We'll handle the rest. We'll connect you with a leader. We'll get you the next seven days. If you don't have Instagram, come chat with me. Come chat with Amber. Come chat with Wyatt. Any one of our leaders, we'll get you the next seven days in another avenue. But hey, Bridge Youth, can you join me one more time and welcome people in God's family? All right, nobody distracting anybody. Let's stay in like this focused moment because I have something really special. I want to lead up a special prayer I want to lead you and Stand to your feet. If you want to come to the front, you can come to the front. In this moment, I I can't help but to think again about, about Jeremy the homeless man that was outside of in and out and he wasn't the he wasn't the window guy he was a man with a name that was just hungry but here's what this moment was it was a moment to live selfishly or to live kingdom over everything and all i could think at the end of this message is how many of us are missing so many God moments because we're living as if Jesus is just an add-on to our life. We think that he's just just part of our life and because of that, we're missing so many God moments. So let me ask you this question. This is this is where we're landing the plane. Is there anything in your life you need to recalibrate? You guys know what the word recalibrate means? If you ever, ever own video games, you know you need to, sometimes you need to calibrate your controller. I have a golf simulator, I need to calibrate my clubs. Is there anything that you need to, don't shake your head that hard when I say golf, no, we get it, you're in the golf polo, it looks great, man. Is there anything that you need to recalibrate in your life? Is there anyone or anything that's coming before God? Because if so, That's what you need to recalibrate. So I want to lead you in a prayer, a simple prayer, that if there's any area in your life, anything or anyone that you're putting before God, that in this moment, and God's such a gentleman, God would just nudge your heart, would just show you that thing, and you'd make the adjustment. And that as we worship, we're going to sing a new song in a moment that's legitimately the scripture that I just preached on. But in that moment, God would just so gently nudge your heart to recalibrate that thing. Do me a favor. Would you bow your heads? Would you close your eyes? Hey, if you're comfortable, would you just, just place your hands right out in front of you like you're receiving something from God? God, speak to us. Is there anything we need to recalibrate? Is there anything we need to shift? God, is there, is there anything we're putting before you? Is there any one, any relationship that we're putting before you? God, do we care more about people's approval than your approval? God, if so, would you just help us? Would you recalibrate our hearts? God will surrender all those things to you. Worship God, we rest in your presence.
1: So seek first the kingdom, and all will be added. Seek first the kingdom, and all will be added. Seek first the kingdom, and all will be added. All will be added. All will be added. added. Seek first the kingdom, and all will be added. Seek first the kingdom. Seek first the key.
5: that chorus one more time um, I don't do this very often but once in a while like very spontaneously I'll feel God put a word on my heart and what I'm going to do is as I say this I'm going to close my eyes so nobody thinks I'm looking at them or in in their direction this word's for a young woman in the room what you post the way you dress the way you even carry yourself physically has been to get the attention of boys around you and God's saying my daughter you can stop all that because I see you and I love you I cherish you and you are the apple of my eye so you don't have to mess with any of that anymore. See, first the kingdom, his righteousness. All these things will be, can I tell you, don't believe the lie that you'll ever, this for everybody, don't believe the lie you're ever missing out on anything by putting God first. There was, I think, my, is my iPad still turned. It's two verses I meant to read and I'm realizing right now why I didn't because it's for this moment, it's for the young lady that I just spoke to. Psalm 34 and verse 10 says, those who seek the Lord will lack no good thing. And Matthew 6, says, he will give you everything you need. All across this place, Bridget, close your eyes one more time, lift your hands. Let's sing this out together. Seek first the kingdom
1: to seek first the kingdom and all will be added seek first the kingdom and all will be added seek first the kingdom
6: Corey, for having the obedience to listen to the Holy Spirit, and just what a calculated message that that was. Hey, for some of y'all tonight, you guys made the decision to follow Jesus, whether it was for the first time or as a rededication. Hey, you lifting up your hand, you confessing Him as your Lord and your Savior. Can I tell you that is one of the best, if not the best, decision of your life? And we are so excited as a family to be able to celebrate alongside y'all, and what we want to do is that we want to give you guys a resource that Corey was just talking about called the next seven days. Essentially what it means is that in the next seven days, we want to help walk out your faith with you, alongside you. We'll pair you up with somebody to be able to talk to you about those hard-hitting questions, probably a lot of what does this mean, what does that mean, what is worship, what is faith, all these sort of things. We want to be able to help you guys out with that. Can you make some more noise for the people who accepted Jesus into their lives tonight? Hey, just a a few more uh, reminders. Last but not least, we do not just have church services on Wednesday. We also have them on Sunday mornings as well. And this Sunday, if you might've forgotten, it's Mother's Day. So uh, if you got to buy your mom flowers ahead of time because it's going to be sold out everywhere, or you got to buy your mom a card, hey, the best place that she can be is here in church. They can come by at the 1130 service. We have connect groups happening during that time. It's going to be an awesome time. Uh, Corey alluded to it also in the message. If you guys are interested in joining School of Ministry, you want to further a ministry education, learn more about what church is all about, maybe you feel like a, a, a calling from God on your life to jump into ministry, hey, I would love to talk to you about what that means for our next semester of school of ministry. So come and find me after service. It's going to be an awesome time. Hey, we love you Bridge Youth. Have an amazing night. Uh, We'll see you guys on Sunday.